This is Get More Done, the blueprint for managers to lead happy and productive teams. My name is Ben Degavage, and my mission is to help you and your team save time and get more productive so you can work on things that will grow your business. Do you log into multiple tools to get your job done? What if you didn't have to? On today's episode, I had the pleasure to talk with Samantha Andrell and Andrea Wilt. Sam and Andrea started out as freelancers running their own consulting business. They grew frustrated with needing to jump around to so many tools and apps. They decided to build Harlow, an all-inclusive platform to help freelancers optimize how they work. During our discussion, they share how they got things started, what you should consider when working with freelancers, and what's next for their new platform. All that and more on Get More Done, starting now. Excellent. Welcome back to the Get More Done podcast, where we talk about all things productivity and helping your teams level up. And today we got a two for one. We're talking with the the co-founders of Harlow, Andrea Wilt and Samantha Andrell. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Super excited to digging into what Harlow has been in the last few few weeks, just with a crazy launch and all that good stuff. So before we get into all of that, I want to start things off with an icebreaker question. And with you two being being big foodies, I thought it'd be interesting to know what's the weirdest food that you've ever eaten. Ooh, I want to know what yours is, Sam. I have eaten a lot of weird things in my day. Um, a couple of them just to, just to throw out. So I'm, I'm I will try mostly anything once, but I've had I've had alligator, I've had shark, I've had you know. Escargot. I've eaten Rocky Mountain oysters. Like I've, there's a lot of things, right? Like none of those things I necessarily love. I will throw that out there. They're, (laughs) they're not a staple in my diet now, but a lot of interesting things. And I like when I go to different places to kind of try like what their specialty is, right? Like I was in New Orleans when I tried alligator and I was in, you know, Mexico when I tried shark. And so I'm open to it. All right. I would say mine is just a lot of bugs. <laughs> um, so in, yeah, it, it's been traveling in Colombia as well as Mexico, um, ants and like caterpillars and, um, just Ooh, kind of interesting bugs that are part of the local cuisine. Yeah, that is very weird. I love it though. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I, I have never eaten a bug. Although my husband does call like shrimp and lobsters and crabs sea bugs. So yep. that's how I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> the ants are good. They're just a little crunchy. Yeah, exactly. And it's just a different culture, a different part of the world where it's just a delicacy there. And it's yeah. like not, not your regular in and out over here or anything like that, but yeah. um, <laughs> awesome. Totally. So, so I want to take our audience back to, back to the beginning of, of your relationship. Cause I mean, you, you two have been working together for over eight years and started at campaign monitor and then ran your own boutique consulting firm. And now you're working on this whole new SaaS product, this Harlow app. So what's the key to keeping your relationship thriving? Cause I mean, aren't, aren't you just sick of each other? No, are you kidding? <laughs> I'm already planning are... our next company. <laughs> We are, we are wildly lucky, I think, to have found one another, but I will say at, at the core of our relationship, I think is respect and transparency. Um, Andrea and I are super open and honest with one another. And that is like about our, 
our feelings on the business, what we think is the best next step, but also like our schedules. Like we're just, we're just really, really honest with one another. And I think both of us appreciate very, very strong, clear communication. And we've had that since the very beginning, right? When we were working together at Campaign Monitor, we established that very early. I was actually uh, reporting to Andrea. So she was, I was actually Andrea's first hire at Campaign Monitor. (laughs) So she went on to be the chief marketing officer there. I was the head of marketing. And even at that time, like we just had really open, honest communication about what was best for the business, what was best for us personally um, across the board. Yeah. And there's just a lot of trust, Right. So yep. um, I think that trust and respect is just what makes um, the best working relationship. So while, while you were at Campaign Monitor, were you just two in the break room, just strategizing your world takeover or how did that go? <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, we weren't even actually, in the same office. <laughs> yeah. And actually, when, um, when we both left Campaign Monitor, actually, Andrea left about five months before me just to take some time off. She had like a remodel. She was doing a bunch of personal things. And I actually wasn't sure what my next move was going to be. So we, there had been kind of a shakeup in the business. We had gone through some mergers and acquisitions and the team was changing and, um, she had left. I was still there. I was trying to figure out my next step. So we were staying in touch, right? We would, I think we were doing happy hours like once a week or once every other week, just to touch base on what was going on. And there was one happy hour where Andrew was like, Hey, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to push you in a certain direction, but if you're at all interested in forming a boutique consulting agency with me, <laughs> I'm interested. Let's do it. And I was like, this is, this is the best option. Yes, absolutely. I'll follow you. In there. So Andrew's the schemer and then you, you got you on, onto her dream. I love yep. that. <laughs> well, this was my third time freelancing. So I keep, you know, freelancing, then going back to in-house and then back to freelancing. And so I think that was kind of a benefit as I had done it before. And so I knew that we would easily be able to get clients and kind of how to go, how to start it. Yeah. And apropos to that, I mean, building Harlow, it's a platform strictly for freelancers. So how does, how does that platform help, help freelancers save time? Yeah. So Harlow actually, um, we, we call it like an all-in-one freelance platform. So it actually helps with everything from the very beginning phases, you know, sending proposals and contracts and actually locking clients in, um, managing those clients once you have them on board. So client management, task management, project management, you know, tracking time associated with that, and then also invoicing and getting paid and getting money in the bank, right? So um, it was actually really interesting. My my sister just the other day, she's um, starting a virtual assisting business and she's actually using Harlow, which is really cool to see. She's been giving me all this feedback, but one of the things that she told me, which I thought was really cool. And it's exactly why we're building Harlow is, Hey, like I just launched my business a couple months ago. I was already using four to five platforms to manage everything and was feeling so scattered and all over the place. And it like almost made me not want to push this business forward because it was really, it's starting to be really hard. And then she told me that she started using Harlow and she just, you know, super transparently was like, Hey, like what you guys have built is really cool. It is helping me streamline my business. And overall it's going to help me grow my business because it's easier to manage, which was really, really cool to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess, you know, you built this platform, just the struggles that you all faced as freelancers. So what type of things does now Harlow solve for those struggling freelancers other than just unifying everything together? Yeah. So one of my favorite features that I like to talk about is actually the proposal management piece. You know, especially when you start off, like we're not, 
designers. We were marketing consultants and Harlow comes with pre-built, like beautifully designed templates that you can then just pop in all of your information and automatically send to the client, have them signed through Harlow. So it reduces the need for you to a custom make a template, figure out what needs to be in it. You know, a lot of people don't realize like, this is a, a proposal is an opportunity to continue selling, right? So you want to have, you would like to have a little bit of more information about you, maybe some case studies, an executive summary, that type of thing. Um, and then also a way to keep it on brands. And so proposals are, are a huge, like that's a feature that I really like a lot as well as the contract piece. Um, and that's something that we struggled with. It took us a while to get a nice template figured out that then we could just go back and customize. And then of course we were sending, putting it into hello sign to send, which was just another platform that we were paying for. Um, so it just streamlines that. So proposals are a big one and then invoicing as well. Um, just a super easy invoicing and keeping it all in one place. Cause one of the things we found is that so many freelancers struggle to invoice they, I, I honestly, I it's think a wild. lot of people don't like talking about money and it makes them feel kind of icky and, and they forget about it because their invoicing system isn't, they're not in it every single day. And so the fact that your invoicing is sitting inside Harlow, which is also where your proposals are and where your tasks are and all of that, it's just easier to keep it top of mind and get into that routine. Yeah. You'd be shocked when we were so when Andrea and I first set out to build Harlow, we did a lot of freelance interviews. That's how we kicked things off. We wanted to fully understand, that, like we knew what our pain points were, but we really wanted to fully understand other people's pain points, people that, you know, worked in different ways, people that, you know, offer different services. And so we interviewed, man, like 20, 30 ish freelancers to really understand their pain points and what they struggled with. And you would be shocked at how many people, like we would have be having a conversation with them and we'd be like, yeah, do you ever forget to invoice? And they're like, yeah, I actually at this moment have not charged my clients for $10,000 worth of work. We had yeah. somebody that we interviewed that had $30,000 that they had not sent through yet that they realized when they were talking to us, right? So a lot of the times it's just not on their mind. And so that's one thing that Harlow does. We actually, one of the things, it, and it seems really small, but it was something that we felt very passionately about making it into this first rev um, was this little no notification that pops up on the first of the month that says, Hey, don't forget <laughs> it's the first of the month. Don't forget to send your invoices. Right. And it's something as simple as that, that can get money in freelancers pockets. You exactly. Know? And I mean, yeah. you're talking $30,000. That's a, that's a hefty chunk of change for somebody. That's, running a lot of business, right? that's like a quarter of, oh, a quarter of the year, or a half of the year. For some folks. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. exactly. Totally. Um, but, and that's the cornerstone of any business of having that, that, that capital coming in or that influx of money coming in. So it's awesome that that's a core cornerstone of, of Harlow. So, um, yes. some previous guests have, you know, have been on and they've talked about their side hustles. So, and you two have been doing this now and it's your full-time gig. So what, what advice do you have for anybody thinking of starting a business? And I mean, most importantly, what should they avoid doing? So when Andrea and I started Harlow, we were actually still running our boutique consulting firm interimly. So we actually started ideating on Harlow in January, 2021, um, we got really serious about it in the spring. That's kind of when we developed like our our brand, what we wanted it to be, what we wanted it to do, like kind of outlining core functionality. We raised around in July, but it actually wasn't until October that Andrea and I stopped doing client work and went full time. So we were actually for the first, gosh, what is that? You know, seven to eight months of building this business and figuring out this next stage. 
it was half of our job, right? We were still doing full client work. We were working with like three to four different clients, helping them manage their marketing, manage their business. And so I, it's really interesting because Andrea and I had a lot of conversations during that time. Like when is the right time for us to stop, you know, taking on clients and doing client work? When is the right time for us to go to full, you know, full on into Harlow? And the truth was, is that like, we needed to pay our bills. Right. So we're like, so Harlow's not going to make money for a while. And that's fine. We understand that. That's why we went out and raised capital. We wanted to have, you know, some, some wiggle room, right? We raised a very small round from friends and family, but we knew we needed money to build the business. And so I I think, you know, my piece of advice would just be like, be really thorough in your planning. I think Andrea and I were really thoughtful in our approach and really thorough in our financial planning for how we were going to take on clients, but also launch this business in the right time and how exactly we could do it. And I think a lot of people don't do that. And all of a sudden they are, you know, they're in like a financial hardship or they're really stressed out because they've taken on too many clients and they can't actually push this thing forward. It's just, you have to be really thoughtful. Yeah. I would say try and get really clear on what you want. It's not to say that it's not going to change. You know, we kind of, we didn't know what Harlow was really going to look like. We had some big ideas, but we were really clear on what we wanted our, our relationship to be, our relationship to the business to be, what we needed financially. Um, and then obviously things are going to change because that's life along the way. But we got really clear about what we wanted and kind of set that intention. And yes, that way we're both working towards the same thing. Right. Having that clear foundation to build everything else on and kind of Connecting to that, you know, I've heard the the words just calm and empathetic come up a lot when <laughs> describing your business and, and what you're trying to build. So as you grow, Harlow, is that the type of culture you're hoping to curate and kind of make it that calm, calm place? Absolutely. So Andrea and I are going into this business, like really shying away from this like typical nine to five approach, right? As we're building the business, you know, because this is the type of business that Andrea and I also want to work at, right? It's like, we want to work with people who want to focus on personal growth. I think people are better at their jobs and in their lives and in their relationships if they're not just focused on work from eight to six every day, nine to five every day, whatever, you know, most jobs typically ask from you. Um, you know, you need time to implement self-care. You need time to focus on yourself. You need time to focus on your family. We have all these other priorities outside of work. Um, and that's why a lot of people actually go into freelancing as well right? Like a lot of people go into freelancing because they want more autonomy. They want flexible schedules. They want to really own their life in that balance. And we're serving freelancers, right? So we want to reflect that in our organization. It's why Andrea and I went into consulting originally. You know, we left a corporate job where we were working really long hours. It was really burning us out. We were getting tired. We weren't feeling creative. So that's why we went into freelancing. That's why a lot of people go into freelancing. And that's what we want our employees at Harlow and ourselves to experience. <laughs> yeah. It's super, it's super important for Andrea and I, that we remain flexible, yeah. calm in this environment. Yep. And we found for us, like it makes us more productive. Yes. You know, I get way more done in a focused five hour work day than I did in an unfocused 10 hour work day, feeling like I just had to sit at my desk because that's what's expected of me. Mm-hmm. If, um, which was kind of the old work culture that we used to we used to be in. And so I found that like giving ourselves time to to fill ourselves up 
get some creative juices. And then when we're focused, we're really focused, we can get so much done. Totally. Um, and I think we're, we're pretty passionate that we can, we can have this balance and build a super profitable growing business. Yeah, that's awesome to hear that you're, you know, starting off in that spot and having that be, you know, part of your core is really great as you scale. So with that limited capacity um, during the week, how how do you stay productive? What are some processes you have in place to to kind of wrangle the chaos and to make sure that you're focusing on the right things? So there is, I'm actually hyper scheduled, which is funny because it's like, we talk about all of this flexibility, but for me, it needs to be scheduled flexibility because I have a toddler at home. And so, you know, I have drop-offs and pickups and, and all of that stuff. So for me, I do it through scheduling my calendar and just time blocking things. So today I've got a couple of meetings, but I also have two hours blocked off this afternoon to brainstorm on product roadmap because I know that we're having a meeting about that tomorrow. Um, so for me, I do a lot of like weekly planning and then blocking out my calendar to make sure that I can get everything done. Yeah, and I will say on top, like very much connected to that is just like ruthless prioritization and focus, right? Like focus is one of my all-time favorite words. I say it all the time, but you know, Andrew and I meet every Monday and we say, okay, what are the things that we are trying to accomplish this week? What are the important things? Like what are the things that need to get done? What are the things that can slide? What are the things that we're thinking about that we can talk about in three weeks? Right? So that kind of goes back to like our really open and honest communication that we're also really open and honest about our priorities and what we can realistically accomplish and feel good about. Yeah. I mean, having a flexible work organization isn't, doesn't mean that we don't work or work hard. Mm -hmm. It just means that we're really, really focused and, um, have, have like high intention about what it is that we're working on. Totally. And, and to be super honest, like there are some days where I'm just feeling inspired and I'll work a much longer work day, right? Like there are some days where, yeah, I do yeah. work eight or nine hours because I'm feeling inspired and I'm on a roll and I just want to like get things over the finish line. And then there are other days that I'm like, I'm tired. I'm not feeling inspired. It would actually be a lot better for me to get outside and go on a walk or meet up with a friend or do something different. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Now kind of coupled with that, your decision-making process, because I've heard you specifically, Andrea, talk about like the one way door decisions versus two way yep. door decision. So let's talk a little bit about what that means and how that impacts your decision-making process. So we had a boss that used to talk about this and it was very freeing for me when I started to think about our decisions in this way. You know, the one way door decision is something that I, you know, in theory, you can't go back through the door or it's really hard and expensive. So this is things like, I mean, kind of some basic things of like our, the actual structure of our company, you know, the tech stack that we're using. Um, some, some strategic decisions, partnership decisions, things like that, that like once you're in, you're going to invest a lot of time and money into this. It's very hard to go back and redo that decision. Um, but then there's a lot of decisions in business that are two way doors. It's like, you know, yes, we could do a, we could do B. If A doesn't work, we can always go back and try B. <laughs> um, so, so, and I think that is, 
part of how Samantha and I work really well together is that when we do get to these moments of maybe disagreement or we have a different perspective on things, we, we hash it out and then we decide, well, is this a one-way door or a two-way door? If it's a two-way door, we usually defer to the person that's most passionate about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and that person then gets to make the final call. And I will say it also opens up an environment that you allow people to test things and fail and not be afraid to do yeah. that, right? That's a big thing. It's like, you don't want everyone to feel like, especially as we're building up the organization, we're going to be hiring more. And we're like the infancy stage, right? Harlow just launched, you know, last week, we, there, there are so many things that we can do and so many things that might be successful, but in reality, we don't know what those things are, right? Nobody knows what those things are. Right. So we want to build an environment in which people are able to test things, try things, be creative, like run with their inspiration and know that, Hey, if it doesn't work out, we can try something else and that's okay. Yeah, that the freedom to fail being in the fabric of everything, I think that's only yeah. going to be great for, you know, your scalability because yes. then it's people are more able to take those risks and take those challenges for potential exponential totally. growth and exponential awesomeness that will happen. Um so so how has how has things been kind of for you on the other side of you like now hiring freelancers to help help kind of get your business started? How how has that kind of gone with you delegating and and working with freelancers? It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting though. Cause like at, at campaign monitor was probably the first time that I really hired freelancers hands on and worked really closely with freelancers. And we had a core team of freelancers that were very important to the business. And I hope they felt that way because we had, you know, writers, designers who really helped move us, move us ahead a lot when Andrew and I first started at campaign monitor. And then we obviously went and became freelancers ourselves. We're on the other side of it, but I feel like we've always had this understanding because we've been in and out of either being the freelancers that are being hired or being the people hiring the freelancers that we, we really understand how to work with freelancers, you know, and like listening to the individuals and figuring out how they work best. Yeah. And with somebody that's looking to kind of delegate and bring on some freelancers, Mm -hmm. um, how should they be navigating that process? So I think the the way that Andrea and I look at it is we always talk about like our gaps and the things that on our, like on our to-do list that keep falling, right? Or the things that we actually, so we think about what are the things on our to-do list that keep falling, but also what are the things that we literally can't do? So Andrea and I have like a very varied skill set. We can do a lot of things, but there are certain things that we just fully know that we are not good at, or it's going to be a huge burden or waste of time for us to try to figure something out that we could hire somebody else who's an expert for, right? So it's like, okay, what are the things that like really should be done by an expert because it doesn't make sense to spend our time there and we're not going to do a good job? What are the things that are falling off our list that we're just not getting to that we know are important? And what are straight up the things that we can't do or don't know how to do? It's like write long form content. Andrea and I are not writers. We are not. (laughs) We are not going to do that. We are not designers. We are not going to do that. So like, of course we need designers. We need writers. Um, so that's kind of how we go about thinking about it. Yeah. And I will say when, when we think about hiring them, we, a couple of things that we, we do one, we really look at their communication style and make sure that that's going to work with us. Right. Are they, is this a freelancer that needs or wants a lot of meetings? Do they only communicate async? Do we have weekly check-ins? Things like that, depending on the project, you know, does that work with how 
we want to work on this particular project. Mm -hmm. And then setting super clear expectations up front. This is why, I mean, statement of works are so important, right? For both, for everybody involved is like, here's exactly what we're going to do. Here are the deliverables, here are the dates. And then, then it's, it's easy. Right. Yeah. It makes total sense of just finding the gaps of where you need some extra firepower to come in and laying out those clear guidelines and kind of ground rules. And most importantly, that culture fit too, that yeah. they fit with mm-hmm. your style and your calm and uh, empathetic work, work environment. <laughs> um, totally. So, so one thing I'm, I'm keen to, to learn a little bit more on because being a freelancer can be a bit lonely because you're maybe isolated by yourself a lot. So how are you hoping to help freelancers find and build supportive connections through, through Harlow or like a broader community? So I will say we've, we've talked a lot today about like Harlow as a product and how it helps, but there is this entire other piece of it that we haven't really touched on, which is exactly what you're asking about, which is this community aspect. Um, community is wildly important to us. It is one of our main focuses as we're building Harlow. We actually started building the community back in, you know, August, September, before we even launched product. Cause Andrew and I truly believe in the power of community and the power of really connecting with your audience and providing for them and being helpful and magnifying their voice. So Harlow is, that's constantly at the core of what we're doing with Harlow, whether it's on social or through events or through the product or through our content on the site. Like we, we have this, we have this like list of priorities, right? And like when we're creating new things, we're saying, okay, does it help freelancers? Is it truly helpful? Does it magnify a freelancer's voice? Does it bring attention to their struggles? If it doesn't, is it empathetic and like relatable to them? Can they, you know, really, really relate to this issue that we're talking about? If it doesn't check one of those boxes, we're not doing it. We're not creating it. It's all about focusing on them and making sure that we are being really genuine in that. Yeah. We, we just want to be a trusted resource for this mm-hmm. audience also, whether they use the product or not, you know, we want them to be able to come mm-hmm. to our website and if they're struggling with how to price their services or, you know, how to, how to get rid of a bad client. Cause we've all had them, you know, things like that. We mm-hmm. want, you know, we'd like to be able to help them solve those problems through content videos or through the product. Right. And having that clear kind of voice or, you know, making sure it's checking all those boxes. I think that's a really great, yeah. great advice for everybody to so then any piece of content, if it's not meeting those goals, be like, you are not creating it. We're not writing it. Yep. It's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Comes back to ruthless prioritization. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yes. Skim all the fat, get right to the, right to the yeah. good stuff. Right. Exactly. Um, so we talked a little bit about, you know, the difference between, you know, your time at campaign monitor, but I'm, I'm curious to know running your business now and scaling this up, how that differs from, you know, helping out that $200 million company of like, what do you see the big differences and are you hoping to become a $200 million company? <laughs> Where do you see Harlow, Harlow growing into? That's a big question. <laughs> it is a big question. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be cool if Harlow became a $200 million company? Absolutely. Yes, we yeah. totally want to help freelancers. And there are, you know, millions and millions of freelancers out there that, that need this help. So, um, yes, we absolutely have big aspirations for the product and, and for um, bringing people into, into the product. Um, and where it exactly goes, I mean, who knows? We've, well, we'll, we'll see where the, where the road takes us. But in terms of like just the difference of working at 
a, a large organization like that versus where we are with Harlow. I mean, I was spending most of my time managing up, right, and sitting in meetings all day. And so I think this is also why Sam and I are so passionate about having like freedom and flexibility, because I would go into work and literally be sitting in a conference room from 730 in the morning until 630 in the evening. And that's not super fun. So um, I think we both enjoy actually doing. We love strategy, but we also really like execution. And so I think no matter how things play out, we want to make sure that we still have um, that that we still have the ability to to actually be practitioners while we're driving the business. All of that. I don't even have anything to add. Exactly <laughs> what she said. Right. Yeah. That's the difference of, you know, needing to wear all the hats and, you know, being in the background, maybe at a larger company. It's like you have to be involved in so much and, and be kind of at the helm and, and guiding things through. So, so talk to me a little bit about how the launch went last week and, and the early kind of feedback from, from your, your, this is not really beta users now because it's live and it's ready to go. Yeah. So these are the, the legit users. So, so uh, tell me a little bit about how the launch went. It was great. It was, it was like a really, really wild week, but it was so fulfilling. Um, I think one of the really cool things for me is we, we launched and what we saw was that there was this freelance community, like on our social platforms that saw us launch that were so ready to share our message and help support us and put us in front of a larger audience. And that was so cool. Every single time that a freelancer shared Harlow and talked about getting into the product and how much that they loved it. And I was getting DMS across social from freelancers. And that's like, you know, you expect that from your friends and your family, you expect them for them to support you and send you nice things. But there are all these people that, you know, I'd either only met on social media or I had never met that were sending over a nice note, like nice, encouraging notes talking about how much they loved Harlow. And that was so cool. Yeah. It was really cool to see because we've been, I mean, we've kind of, in a way we've been building in public, right? As Sam said, we wanted to focus on community early on. And so we started engaging with the community at the beginning, like, Hey, we're building this. We talk to us, give us your feedback, tell us your struggles. How can we help? Um, and so a lot of these people have watched us from day one. And so it did feel, it felt really good, um, to know that they were rooting us on. Yeah, that's awesome to hear that you got such good support and it's only just the stepping stone of more things. So, I mean, what what's next for you all now that the launch is behind you? What What's next on the horizon? I mean, we're working on our product roadmap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the product product is ongoing, right? Like we really did release what we consider to be our, you know, V1 of the product. And so there are so many other things that we're talking about building and creating and adding um, in, a, in a focused way, right? Like making the things that we have better. Um, we're doubling down on community. So really figuring out how we can engage with this community through different mediums, how to expand that, how to be there for them um, more often and in different places. You know, we're really thinking through like our content moving forward and what else we can help them with and how we can help and what that how that manifests itself. Um, so there is a never ending list of things to continue doing. Um, it's funny. I had, I had a friend this past weekend who she's like, well, great. You guys launched, you guys can kind of like relax now. It's just going to keep going. And I was like, no, not quite. (laughs) (laughs) Like this week isn't as stressful as launch week, but there are a lot of things to do. So, and I think another one of those things is, you know, hiring and figuring out how we continue to build the team from here too. We actually just brought on our 
first full-time employee, which we're really stoked about. Um, her name's Maddie. She's going to uh, totally kill it. But, you know, all of those things. We have a lot to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Those early hires, they have to be more kind of like generalist and being able to help with all the stuff. And then you can build the team to get the specialization and everything moving forward. Where can people kind of uh, stay up to date with everything that you're working in? Yeah. So the website is meetharlow.com. Um, you can go there to sign up for the product, see our resources, get more information. We're also um, all across social. So Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of our handles are meetharlow. Um, and then we actually just recently also launched our TikTok because another thing that we're doing is doubling down on video as a medium. Um, but it's, TikTok's a little bit sad right yeah. now. But <laughs> we got some work to do. <laughs> we'd love some more. We'd love some more followers there. Yeah, TikTok is is a whole different world. Then you got to kind of know the game, know the dance. No pun intended, but kind of you know, <laughs> totally. Know that. But that's really awesome that you're you know you're trying new things and not not scared to to dig into that. So. Uh, really awesome. And we'll be sure to put up the links on our blog post so everybody can check it out. Awesome. But um, Andrea and Samantha, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to share you know, with our audience what you're working on and how you're helping people save a ton of time and just optimize their workflows and everything. Really great to see with Harlow. So uh, wish you all the best in your success and I'll be sure to follow along and I hope everybody else does too. So thanks for being on Get More Done. Awesome. Thanks for yeah, having thank us. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Get More Done. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform to get updates of future episodes. Want to be a guest? Reach out to community at youcanbook.me or visit getmoredone.youcanbook.me. If you or your team want to automate your scheduling, sign up for a free two-week trial at youcanbook.me. What will you do with all the time that you save?